cemeteries drowned in morning dew. Hi, welcome to Film Femmes. Podcasts where two trans women talk about interesting movies. Their relevance to queerness. And their relevance in general. I'm Meredith. I'm Alita. And uh, today we are... So, well, first off, we took a week off. Uh, <laughs> uh, we were both really busy and life gets in the way. Uh, and we haven't record for, uh, recorded for, like, over a month. We put, like, a lot of uh, episodes on on the backlog. Uh, but, yeah, we're picking back up with the movie that Mel Stone recommended to us in our last episode, the movie Crazy, uh, that came out in 2003. 2003? I thought it was 2005. I'm pretty, like, I, I'm confident in saying it's 2003. Like, I'm almost certain it's 2003, but I, I could just be totally wrong. Release date uh, is May 27, Google 2005. Damn it, you're right. You got schooled. You got outmovied. I, I win this I got, week's podcast. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, like, this is a French film, right? Like, yes. Uh, it's like I, I know it's a French film, but like, is it a specific? Is it Quebecois? I'm pretty sure. Like, I I know that Mel said something about it. It is. It was made in Quebec, so it's probably Quebecois. Yeah, gotcha. Which is only a word I know. I don't even know what it fully means. But uh, I'm looking at the. I, I'm looking at like the poster uh, just now, and the poster is fucking wild. It is wild. It looks like a bad like Disney Channel movie. Yeah, it's um. It looks like a thing you would find in the Walmart like three dollar movies bin. Mm-hmm. A little bit. It, is that the one where they're all like, st- st- where all the brothers are standing cross, yes. cross armed? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. And, and for a... some reason, the main character isn't centered. And for some reason, the colors are weirdly communist. And yeah, yeah. And I mean, I support well, that, but uh, it's a weird poster. It's like uh, a Brady Brunch spinoff. Yeah, we're 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 deviating a little bit, uh, but it's a queer film too. It's uh, a. A, a, a movie that like a, another movie that we're doing that's uh a, about uh gay people in music mm-hmm. uh and it's like okay so i i want to give like a bare bones summary of it but the thing is is that a lot of shit happens in this movie yeah and so like i'm gonna give the barest bones of a summary and then like whenever we reference certain events we'll talk in detail about like what happens in that movie mm-hmm. and in that part of the movie because also this film is like really fucking in- inaccessible like i have a tale of a long perilous journey uh that it took to just find a way to watch fucking it. watch the damn thing I know. it apparently used to be on netflix which i would have much rather watching on a an an available service than me having to just dig for a while for it. Yeah. I couldn't even find a place to buy it. Yeah, me either. Even, me either. Like... I, I was going to like rent it off Amazon, but the it was only available on like used other people's yeah. DVDs of it. So I maybe the shipping on that wouldn't have been too reliable in time yeah. for us planning on recording it. So but, but yeah. I found I found an okay place to watch it, so Mm-hmm. Wink. Except for it had Wink. it had weird subtitles on it, but yeah, yeah. The the file I I think yeah we we both watched the same file and then uh we both like realized like oh 
these subtitles are in Romanian? Yeah, <laughs> Romanian just, subtitles. Just Romanian? Like, you click on the VLC media player, like, uh, subtitle thing, and Romanian is the only one available. And so, like, I downloaded a subtitle file for it, added it to the video, but it stopped halfway through the movie. And then I had you go and scavenger hunt uh, uh, the subtitle fi file that you found because I downloaded a few more and all of them had the same issue for some reason. I mean, that's even though as... there were different files. This is a tangent, but the first time I tried to watch The Handmaiden, I downloaded a version of it and then searched for literally an hour for a subtitle track that worked because yeah. all of them were off by so much and I was going into VLC and manually trying to speed up and slow down the subtitle speed oh to get it God. to match and I could never get it to match and it would seem like it was synced up for a minute and then it would get out of sync and then I just, oh my God. And then I just found a different place to watch. Like The Handmaiden is a movie that has like a very it does something very interesting with its subtitles but we'll get yeah. into that in another episode. We wink, that's that's a wink, wink. tease in the biz that's what we call it mm -hmm. okay about this movie yeah about this movie so uh yeah so like it's a movie that followed like it's a movie about a dad it, it's a movie about like a, a a dad's effect on this young gay kid's life in, in yeah. the 70s i think it's uh also I think it's more than just about the dad because I think it's about the family in general yeah. in a major way. But yeah, but the dad this is a, the dad is a central figure in that he's mm -hmm. bad and just like all dads are. So yeah, and and just like really like thoroughly portrayed and just like yeah, it it, it just goes in like just fully in on just representing this dad as much as possible. Uh, so. Yeah, it's it follows this uh, young queer kid Zach uh, from like uh, there. The three moments in the movie are like him as a young uh, eight year old boy. I think I think he was eight. Yeah, and then it jumps to him at fifteen, and then it jumps to him at twenty. Uh, and it's. Uh, it, it's a it's a fun like interesting quirky movie it like gives you the the feel that it's a quirky movie kind of near the beginning mm -hmm. well maybe not maybe more has, of just like the, the quirkiness it... is more in the middle yeah it has scenes where it goes that way but, mm -hmm. but yeah uh, so yeah i was just gonna say it's mainly like a family drama mm -hmm. style of whatever and then following people as they grow up and how they grow up and change yeah. Uh, so Zach was born on Christmas Day, and oh, Jesus, because of out. this, yeah, because of this, he has like a just the disdain for Christmas. Uh, and the the movie just like follows him in like his relationship with his dad, especially and his other brothers. Um, he is the fourth of five brothers in total, and the sort of dynamic of their names will come into play later. It it's just following Zach and like him and his him and his dad and like my first impression with this movie was just like how kind of repetitive it gets. I don't know. I guess I can see that. I I just feel like it hits the same beats over and over again. Yeah. Uh, like so 
the biggest portion of the movie is uh zach when he's 15 coming to it's not even that like he's outwardly queer in the movie he's like just repressed through the whole thing and it's kind of tragic in that way and kind of hard to watch for me in that way because like oh we're going to see some like resolution here he's going to change and then like nope okay all right let's let's wait and hear a little bit more and then hopefully like we'll see some promising character development but no it's just like just kind of like tragic gay narrative after tragic gay narrative and uh it's it's kind of heartbreaking it is i think it's heartbreaking in a real way a lot of times though oh totally i saw lots of my own life in this movie where i'm like yeah this this sucks this is relatable (laughs) Mm -hmm. and like i looking back at it there are are some things that i can definitely tie to of uh of like the realism of it of yeah it's not really a one defining moment that uh makes zach accept his queerness it's it's something that is it's not one defining moment it's just like a bunch of shit just like piling and piling and piling up and him just like kind of putting off like dealing with it and then when he does decide to deal with it he's usually met with like an extreme amount of backlash from his family i wanted to bring up the scene where like um he there's that kid at school that keeps looking at him and Mm -hmm. then he beats the shit out of him for some reason because he's so sad about being gay and then like in the next scene that kid is blowing him in in the car (laughs) or whatever and then like he goes to therapy in the therapy because his dad's like uh fuck this we're sending you to therapy to cure you of the gay Mm -hmm. and the therapist is like i think you did that on purpose because you wanted your dad to catch you and accept you and and he's telling that to his dad and his dad's like that's a bunch of crap you don't believe yeah. that, do you? And I thought that was like that kind of sums up a lot of the movie <laughs> in a way. Yeah. I was gonna say it's like just like the the just dying to be like, what way can I do this so that uh my family will accept me in any way? How can I go about this? Oh, yeah. no way is gonna work? Well that's kinda shitty. Yeah, and and that scene in particular is really tragic too, because uh like his his father's like yeah you don't believe in any of that crap do you and we just see zach like just completely internalize that yeah and uh, also like a bit bit of a side note like uh for me like the the scenes of zach when he's 15 are like kind of unconvincing for me mainly because 15 year old zach is played by someone that's clearly in their 20s yeah um, it's it, it has that weird thing that Hollywood does with teenagers and like mm. it's kind of difficult to get past that but like yeah mm. and also yeah. it's weird because there's that scene where he's singing David Bowie with the face paint on and I'm like this isn't like a like out there bizarre like drug trip movie like fucking uh Velvet Goldmine is this is like a relatively well grounded movie and this kid is just standing yeah. in his room with perfect David Bowie makeup on. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. However, and screaming like, it with the blinds open as everybody mm, across the street laughs at it. Yeah, I, I like moments like that uh, to where it's just like um, it, it becomes just sort of like him slowly being able to accept it and him just being like really uh, happy with it. Because mm-hmm. uh, 
like you mentioned like uh his makeup like i i thought for a second of just how like how was he able to do the ziggy stardust makeup so perfectly huh uh but i noticed like in that same shot there's like the huge mural on his wall of dark yeah. side of the moon that yeah. like is hand painted yeah was, like I, I i just like connected the dots there in my mind we don't see zach paint at all with uh like hmm. i guess yeah but somebody had to paint that weird mural yeah i think one thing about this movie that i think is pretty shitty and like doesn't go anywhere is how they set up at the beginning when he's eight they're like oh he has a gift with uh the youngest brother yeah where, where they like love each other and they're like cl- close and he can get the baby to stop crying all the time and then like that all goes out the window once he yeah, hits 15 and in a way maybe that's sort of real in a way to some person somebody's experience but it's also like mm-hmm. a weird plot point that they just like throw out and never touch upon again yeah, there's a lot of plot points in this movie that just go nowhere. It's like it's that one especially because it's referent like it's talked about a little bit when Zack is older. But yeah, like the first third of this movie when we see Zack when he's eight, like that is the strongest like that first act is the strongest this movie is for me. Yeah. Um, like I, I love that part of the movie so much because it's like, even at eight, like, Zach is so obviously gay. Yeah. Well, I don't want to, like, jump to that, but he's, like, obviously, like, queer in a way that he does not, like, his uh instinctual interests are, like, so opposite, like, so opposite of the heteronormative masculinity. Yeah. Uh, that his father has. Yeah. Like, um we see a scene where um him and his mother and his father going to a department store and uh he's waiting in the car and his mother's like getting him a gift and she comes out with like a baby stroller and um uh his father stops her and he like overhears them having a conversation well it I, what I love about that shot is that you can't tell that what she's holding is a baby st- stroller because mm. Zach is like looking at them through a rearview mirror, and so you can only see like the top half of them. Yeah, uh, and like he's demand like he's demanding that she like take that back and that it will like make a fool out of him. And his his son isn't a damn fairy. And uh-huh. then like we see uh, his mother like take it uh, back to the department store and return it. And then we see it's a baby stroller. And then his, like, dad uh, gets into the car. And there's, like, this really memorable moment where his his dad's trying to, like, comfort him and reassure him in, like, this really macho way that just, like, isn't <laughs> working. Where he's just, where he's, his dad is, like, projecting a lot and, and saying that, like, it would make you a laughing stock. Yeah. When his father is just, like, clearly afraid of how he will be seen yeah yeah like the dynamic with um his with zach's father in that first act is so great because um like we see zach's father like pick him up from school and stuff and all the kids think he's like the coolest thing ever because like zach is like bragging on behalf of him and he like steps out of his car and like blows a smoke ring or something Uh and all the kids are like whoa 
and uh, also there's a lot of smoking in this movie. <laughs> there is a lot uh, of smoking in this movie. A lot of smoking in this movie. Those scenes are, like, just really tragic mm-hmm. uh, in, in a way that, like, really well establishes this part. Uh, him bragging on his father uh, at, like, such a young age, like, such a young age, is just, like, this form of insecure masculinity and, like, how much he wants to pander to his father and make his father proud of him like that instinct even at that young age but him like just internalizing like every inch of his father's like toxic uh masculinity i think in general i think you're right that the beginning is probably the strongest part of this movie i think the beginning of this movie does a lot of the legwork for the rest of this movie yeah with how it the slow build-up of this kid thinking knowing that there's something wrong with him and like feeling you know, like what's the mm-hmm. thing that i'm gonna do that's gonna finally like break my father's love for me yeah and then that scene where he drops the Patsy klein record and like break and like shatters it and he's like and that's the day i lost my father's love is like heartbreaking and shitty and like the worst mm-hmm. and like it sets up so much of like how fucked up families can be and how yeah, fucked and-, up, and how hard growing up Especially if you're queer, it can be where you just like any like I have to hold all this stuff inside and like try to toe the line, or else my family won't love me anymore. Or they'll treat me like garbage and like like. And I think the beginning does that really well, and then like I don't know. I think the later stuff does it better. I think the fi- like fifteen year old Zach stuff is like mostly shitty. Yeah, I think there are some scenes later on in the movie that I thought were like okay, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the start of this movie and the end of this movie are the the parts that I love the most. Yeah. Uh, like, but yeah, going back to when Zach is younger, there's like this really interesting dynamic of uh, well, th- there's just like this really interesting motif of um how Zach has a gift, and mm. because he he was born on Christmas, and because like they thought he was dead for a little while, and by the way, that scene where like Zach is first born, I fucking love. Because, like, we see his mother, like, on the on the hospital bed. That scene is just deathly quiet. Like, yeah. not a whisper can be heard. And she's just, like, looking on in fear. She has clearly just, like, gone through an intense amount of labor. And she mm-hmm. is, like, her her hair is, like, matted to her face and she's sweating. And she's just, like, holding her breath, like staring at these doctors operate on like an infant in the far end of the room mm-hmm. while like you hear nothing and that is just like so fucking chilling and because of this like apparently zach has a gift uh which goes back to like that movies is... about queer people being magical yeah which and I then love. it's thrown out the window basically for the rest of the yeah. film but uh but zach's gift is like his sort of femme quality uh, even uh-huh. a, as a young boy like uh, he's very motherly, uh, like very motherly to his younger brother and is able to like, apparently like his family sees him as being able to like cure uh, people like relatives illnesses by thinking about them. Hmm. And it's more just like a superstition on their part. Uh, but then like once Zach's younger brother is born and Zach is like, holding him his brother like immediately calm uh his infant brother like immediately calms down whenever zach is holding him as just like the sort of femme motherly instinct mm-hmm. uh motif going on that's like immediately dropped but yeah 
And then there's that scene where like he dresses up in his mom's clothes and his dad comes back mm-hmm. and yells at him. And yeah. I don't know what to, how to feel about that scene because it's never really addressed again. But yeah, I guess he's just like trying to play mom because he. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess that goes back to like him wanting to play like with his friend across the street who like the little girl is like, "Are we gonna play?" And she's like carrying dolls, and he's like, "No, not today. I gotta wash my dad's car." Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. There's a lot of car washing in this movie too. Like, yeah, a lot of washing cars. Like, his dad has a really cool car. And, like, as a, a, a chore or just, I don't know if it's a chore, like, the younger, like, the, the younger kids of this family are seem to be, like, really enthusiastic about washing this car. It's... It's like it. <laughs> yeah. It's gay culture, baby. Love washing cars. <laughs> Keeping your car clean, uh, just like the gays do. Yeah, I love, I love that scene that's, uh... Like the scene right before the jump in time where Zach is fifteen now, uh, where his father like sends him off to the summer camp, uh, where he like his father thinks that'll be good for him, that he'll like learn to be tough and that he'll make friends. And uh I I have questions about that. Was it supposed to be implied that that was like a conversion camp or maybe like a military like style camp or something or was it just like I a regular know. summer Those camp kids are really young i think it was just a regular summer camp okay like because it wasn't really we... talked about like a conversion camp it was just yeah. like sort of a, a boys camp that uh yeah his dad wanted him to go to i think my son might be gay let's send him to a place with lots of boys yeah uh, uh but but yeah he like Zach wakes up in his bunk bed and sees that he, like, wet the bed. And he, like, immediately starts panicking. Uh, in a way that it's, like, just like that child, uh, that childhood innocence of, like, panicking over something like this. And, mm-hmm. like, already dreading, like, uh, the, the embarrassment that'll come uh, out of people finding out. Is something that this movie really nails because, like, we see how like distressed zach is and he starts like blowing on the mattress trying to dry it and praying and, and yeah and praying and while this is going on it's cutting to like his mother like waking up with it like startled and just this motherly instinct that that her son is in a lot of trouble and then she starts praying too and i love like that sort of back and forth uh mm-hmm of like this mother's like sort of spiritual connection to her son yeah ah that's i think i think that's good i like every time they do that i like the mom in general i think she's very good yeah yeah she seems she seems very nice Mm -hmm. um and and just like putting up with like this shitty masculine husband that yeah she's just sort of i guess dealing with like yeah the relationship between uh Zach's mom and Zach's dad in here is like explored a, is explored a lot, but like I I don't really know what to take of it off, off the top of my head. Besides that, like like uh, Zach's mother is just worried for him in like a, a motherly paternal way, mm-hmm. and Zach's father is like worried for him in just like oh no my son's gay kind of way, and I yeah. gotta fix him kind of way. One scene. Speaking of the scenes between 
uh, the dad and the mom. The scene where fucking uh, the dad is talking about how gays are wrong and there has to be something wrong with them because who would want to put it up? Uh, who would want to uh, put it up another man's butt or something? And then she's like, uh-huh. <laughs> she's like, uh, that's not what you said or whatever, like a month ago or something, or or some whatever her line is saying that uh, he put it in her butt. And he was like, that was one time. And she was like, <laughs> oh, once. <laughs> I think that scene is very funny. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's really funny too. I like that scene too because like the the shot dynamic of like them sitting in the bathroom. Yeah. But like that they'll like swap positions a lot whenever they like trade places at the sink. But wh- <laughs> when they do so, you can still see the other character through like a little handheld mirror that's sitting yeah. on the edge that's of the cool. counter. It's it's good shot composition for sure. Mm-hmm. Really also, good like uh, planned out. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was just going to say, another scene, one of the best scenes in, like, the 15-year-old Zach era is that when he, there's, like, a Christmas celebration. I think this is when he was 15. And he has the daydream about giving his dad the Patsy Cline record and having oh him open God. it up. Yeah. And then he pours it out. It's the broken pieces of it. It's the most petty, amazing shit I've ever seen. I love uh, it. Yeah. Yeah, I love that shit, too. And, like, I, I was just like, oh, no, it was a, it was a daydream. But, like, it, it like, it clicked with me. It was just like, oh, yeah, this is something that, like, a 15-year-old would daydream of, like, finding petty ways to stick it to his old man. <laughs> and, yeah, just, like, re-gifting this, uh, this thing that he promised his father whenever, uh, whenever he broke, like, this priceless Patsy Cline record uh, at a young age. But, like, him opening up uh, but it's still broken, and his, like, momentary shock of, of just, like, uh, his momentary just, like, excitement, and yeah. he, like, opens and then it heart to check it, and, yeah, and then immediate heartbreak and, like, this daydream that he has, that's such a fucking perfect scene, I love it's it. It's so good, it's so mm-hmm. good. I, I agree that that's, like, the best moment of the, the 15-year-old timeline. Also, his dad gives him a banjo, and I just thought, <laughs> I wish somebody would give me a banjo. Mm-hmm. I wish somebody would just buy me a million different musical instruments every Christmas. Oh, me too. Me too, that we never see him play. <laughs> yeah, ever. Not even ever. once. Yeah. I, oh, I think that God. also, like, I, I love what that, because uh, I, like, I, I love what that whole thing about, like, his father just, like, insisting that he knows what to get him, but just, like, being so wrong every time. Completely. <laughs> they, yeah, just a, a complete disinterest with whatever his father gets him every year for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah it's a good movie i think i don't mm-hmm. know you said you had some problems with it do you want to get into it uh, i made some angry tweets about this movie yeah i what was what were the tweets that i made because you, it was you a made while a tweet ago that said you ever see something that so uh inaccurately portrays queerness or something that you have to go look up two boys kissing to feel better about it yeah 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 that, that was basically the gist of it yeah this movie has a frustrating representation of queerness because like it, we just see like repetitive like the same tragic repressed gay plot point again and again and again mm-hmm. and i get what the movie is going with that but it's just like just just so many instances where just like Oh, it's obvious that like Zach is doing this uh, because he is 
really repressed about his sexuality and he's just like always on the verge of accepting it like this fucking close uh-huh. to accepting it and then he decides like no no i'm 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 straight there there's just like this is just something that i'm that i'm uh if i can just walk home through the snow and make it home then i'll not be gay anymore yeah or if i just walk through the desert and almost die then i won't be a gay anymore mhm yeah that 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 is shitty i'll agree with that yeah and and like okay so we do see like little momentary like glimpses of Zach accepting it somewhat uh like that scene where he like constantly thinks back uh with like really fondness of uh his cousin's boyfriend like shotgunning cigarettes into his mouth well i think it was a joint it was a joint it was a joint the cigarette but thing I think was when he was with... laying in bed and listening to uh, listening to uh oh whatever. that's right david Pink bowie Floyd. I think it was no, Pink Floyd. No, he, he was listening to um, Space Oddity. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, and then uh, he puts so... a cigarette in his mouth and shotguns it to no one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, like, the, something that this movie does a lot... So, so this movie has a lot of smoking in it, uh, but also, like, this movie has a lot of this this thing where, uh, like, it, it starts where um, him and his cousin and her boyfriend are, like, hanging out in this car when Zach turns 15 uh, on Christmas, and they're, like, smoking, and they're just, like, just chatting about stuff, and then, like, they they say something like, hey, we should, like, shotgun cigarettes, and, like, my immediately thought was, like, how do you shotgun cigarettes? Uh, I I mean, like, how do you shotgun joints or cigarettes or whatever? Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, so what they do... I like is this a thing because I just found like this is my first time seeing this ever in this movie but um what they do they take the cigarette and they turn it around and then you put the like the lit end in your mouth but like don't let it touch your tongue and you you just like hold the end of it with your mouth and then you blow and then like the smoke that you're supposed to inhale like goes out and you can like blow it into somebody else's mouth and it's gay like it that, is that, gay. It's like just the like a centimeter away from a kiss is, uh, and like Zach looking back on this memory with fondness because it's like him just miming kissing this boy and yeah, but yeah, like shotgun cigarette, uh, shotgunning cigarettes, really a thing. I it has to be know. right. Um, because how do you like... get, how do you not get the ash on your tongue? Yeah, I've never seen that. I've seen like somebody blow smoke into something and then you like oh, breathe yeah. the smoke out of it. But like not not that. That just seems too dangerous. You're not a fire a professional <laughs> fire eater. Yeah. You're not trying uh, to perform the classic magic trick, the human jack o' lantern, where you put a match in your mouth and your teeth glow. Mm-hmm. Uh also like i love the um when zach is 15 all the all the moments of him like just reinventing himself over and over uh-huh. and over and over again like when uh, he's doing reinventing Bru- his look over and over and over again when he's again. doing bruce lee shit and has like and has like nunchucks mm-hmm. so, uh. and, and just like just trying to pander to like uh how people see him 
uh, by like, oh, he he rides motorcycles now, uh, and he has like a pompadour. Uh, oh, now he's like, yeah, doing Bruce Lee shit, and yeah. oh, now he's like a grunge kid. No, now he, not a grunge kid. Now he kid, looks like, like one of the Jonas uh, Brothers. Yeah, yeah, like uh, in a, a, like sort of eyeliner punk in the 80s whenever he's 20 mm-hmm. he just looks uh, like one of the jonas brothers though yeah he does he does in in that scene too i was like wait he's like just being chatty and uh cheery with his dad at the at the the christmas dinner table and he's like wearing eyeliner like w- w- what's going on here and then i just like it clicked with me like oh i i bet that the only reason his father is like not saying anything about it is because like his girlfriend is with him yeah it's like oh he has a girlfriend he's straight yeah. uh i like the girlfriend because she seems nice and has a good short haircut yeah that's, yeah, and that's all cute. i need that's mm-hmm. all i need i i don't like how so many characters in this movie are just so blatantly homophobic though yeah yeah i mean it's the 80s like is I mean, everyone this homophobic? It was, like, it was like the 70s. I think the movie takes place yeah, in the, the 70s 60s. and 80s. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, is everyone this blatantly homophobic? It's Yeah, kind of. I mean, you go back and watch a movie from the 90s and they're saying fag all the time. Like, Yeah. Yeah, true. Like, like most comedies of the 90s will have at least one in there. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. Like, I, I don't know, like, oh, what I'm thinking of that's rubbing me the wrong way really is, like, how uh, the girlfriend, like, treats his queerness, like, coming up every uh, every now and then. Also, like, I'm pretty, like, I, I'm pretty sure Zach's character is supposed to be bisexual. Maybe you're thinking of Velvet Goldmine. <laughs> I, maybe it's just, like, yeah, the... You have it in I, your head. I, um, mm-hmm. No, I, think I, I mean, Bill's like Goldmine I, is one of those movies that will always be in the back yeah, of my mind yeah. forever since I've seen it. But I think you're. I think the only reason you, you think that is because there is that part where it does seem like he's into the girlfriend. Mm-hmm. But also, I think it's just like, oh, I'm. This is what I have to do because she's here, and also a good cover for me being a raging gay. Yeah. And also, he probably cares about her. I mean, he went and apologized, like, years later after the thing happened, where, like, after the wedding scene. Yeah. he got back, he, like, made the the effort to go apologize and stuff. So he obviously cared Mm -hmm. about her, but... But then again, all that that he was doing is, like, that they thought that he was kissing kissing a boy. Yeah. And and she's just, like, so heartbroken by the possibility... Of him oh. being gay. Maybe she was heartbroken by the possibility of him doing a smooch on somebody that wasn't her. Maybe. I don't know. I didn't get the, the her being homophobic, but maybe it's there in the subtext. Yeah. Maybe. He didn't seem to have a problem with it whenever like he came back and apologized, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who yeah, knows? I, I just think that movie, like, this movie is really long-winded and how it just repeats the same... Yeah. Just yeah. tragic gay, uh, like, so close to accepting himself, but no, not yet. Yeah. Uh, 
I think the main re- the main things I liked about this movie was that I felt like a lot of the family stuff was very real and very close to things that I have gone through in a lot of ways, oh, yeah. and even still go through where you hold out the hope of like, hey, well, my parents actually love me and respect me one day. Here's hoping. Hmm. I I mean uh, like, yeah, yeah. I see that too. Like, it's I I feel like it's repeating this plot point because it wants to like explore just how Zack is like internalizing his father's idea of masculinity mm-hmm. because like oh we do see him just like steadily start to unlearn every little thing that he's internalized from his father yeah i i love the the whole moments of him just like craving this familial like family chaos in a way like mm-hmm. when he gets into a fight with uh his older brother um yeah. at the christmas party and they start like picking at each other and then like it the, the cuts start to get like way more personal and like mm-hmm. everybody's telling them to knock it off and then they just like a then his like older brother just like jumps at him and like ruin crashes the whole thing but like he only does so because zach wants him to and he's like edit egging him yeah. on and just like like standing in the corner smiling about it like a fucking shit heel yeah and, and just like that like i i can relate to that like representation of queerness of just like wanting to ruin the perfect like family dynamic yeah <laughs> Just, like, that instinct, too. And uh, I, I feel like that's something that, like, doesn't come up a lot in movies. And I feel like this this movie does it in, in a way that's interesting. Or, or just, like, in a way that's relatable. Uh, and yeah. something that's, like, a, a satisfying somewhat. And I can understand it. Oh. Another thing about this movie that I think is really real is how the dad just keeps getting older and more tired. Yeah. <laughs> And, like, more beaten down about things, because that's real as hell. Because that's how I feel about my own dad. I see the way my dad, like, acts around, like, my littlest sister and, like, and just in general now. He just seems tired. (laughs) He seems tired Uh and, like, I remember when I was a kid and he was, like, angry and, like, shouty about things. And now I'm like, I couldn't see him doing that these days. Mm -hmm. I don't know. There's a lot yeah, of stuff you in can this. Definitely that, see glimpses of that. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff in, in uh, this movie that, like I say, feels really real and genuine. But there's also a mm-hmm. lot of stuff that you're like, eh. Yeah, I I have never seen a more thoroughly written dad in a queer movie though. Yeah, the dad is like the realest part. The dad is like, oh, this is my dad, basically. Yeah, yeah. This Maybe... is like the the most realistic homo- homophobic parent I've seen. As, a movie. as someone with a dad who has literally said to me while I was a child that he wouldn't raise a fag, um, it's really real. Yeah. Let's say it hit really uh, close to home. Let's say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I. Like, yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, it's just like the 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 moments with his father are just so long-windedly depressing like even in the moment where you think zach is going to catch a like a bit of relief he like travels uh he travels to uh jerusalem uh to like walk in the same way that christ did to sort of like i I guess like uh reevaluate his life 
Mm-hmm. And uh, so there's some scenes of Zach in Jerusalem. And uh, he goes to a gay bar. And he's like, this dude is hitting on him. And Zach is like, looking at him from across the room before he does. And he like, clearly is kind of crushing on him. But then he like, hallucinates and sees his dad like standing in the doorway looking very disappointed and that is just like heartbreaking like not a not even able to catch a fucking break without thinking about oh shit what will my dad think about this yeah and then him deciding well i know how to not be gay i'm gonna walk through the desert Mm -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm sand the ultimate uh i guess sand is the um the number one gay antiseptic. Well, I mean, you know how I feel about sand. I hate it. It gets it everywhere. Is, it's coarse and it gets <laughs> everywhere. It's nothing like you. Uh, so, yeah, like, it's a, it's, it's a movie that like there are some parts that like I felt really strongly about. Like, uh, I, I feel like it handles queerness really well. Even like heartbreaking at times i i feel like what it handles uh well the most is like queerness in terms of like relationships with family members yeah i think it nails um having a bad dad very mm-hmm. well and having uh, this like a bad relationship with like your uh like family members that also internalize this sort of toxicity because we see yeah. zach's relationship with his brother and his brother by the way is like just the most hateable yeah near the beginning like is it really necessary for him to have a fucking confederate flag in his bedroom like i hate him already (laughs) yeah yeah i did i did kind of feel bad for him though towards the end i was like oh this guy he's in a very bad spot and he's they're definitely gonna kill him off aren't they yeah and they did Mm -hmm. i i Uh. i found it interesting the like relationship with um zach and uh like zach and his older brother interesting because uh like zach also looks up to him too yeah and i mean 15 year old zach was literally just looks like his brother did when his brother was that age basically like when yeah. they first flash forward to him, they basically look the same. I thought they were the same. I thought I didn't realize mm-hmm. we went forward in time at first. <laughs> yeah, I the relationship that he has with that brother is like uh like way more interesting because his brother like yeah, he's he's he has like sort of a model to go by and he's trying to mm-hmm. like live off that, but then he just like gets the impression that he can't really do anything to like he he has to give up a lot to make his father happy yeah and you and you can kind of see like how it fucked with his older brother's head yeah and also like I, even as someone that wasn't like queer like Zach is mm-hmm. i like i really like the like his brothers maturing along with him too like yeah i like the way they're all handled too like the brother that gets married and all that stuff like the different sides of like what you know how different siblings turn out and stuff like that. I think mm-hmm. it's like really well done. I think it was too. All uh, that stuff is good. The, yeah. Also Fear the stuff, most maybe not that much, but also the most dad moment in the movie is when 
is when like near the end where um zach finds like that rare patsy klein record in jerusalem and decides to re-gift it to his dad and then he realizes like oh yeah his dad totally just named his kids after the initials of his favorite patsy klein song crazy Uh and zach is the fourth brother yeah, the fourth letter letter in the word crazy, and is mm-hmm. the first initials of his other brothers spell out like crazy, and yeah, yeah, that is the most dad thing in the world. Like a dad that just loves Patsy Cline so much that he's willing to like <laughs> name his own kids at like name all five of his kids after one song. Yeah, I think that's a really dad thing. I feel like we should probably wrap up, but I really yeah. like the. I think the scene where his dad is listening to the record and his mm-hmm. mom goes down and answers the phone about the brother is like heartbreaking. Yeah. And like, he finds out the brother yeah. dies and his father is just oblivious to it because he has headphones yeah. on and just enjoying this record. Yeah. And I like that the end, he's like. And after that, there was no more talk about Patsy Cline yeah. ever again after the little brother breaks the record. Mm-hmm. Like, I yeah. love that the little brother breaks it again. Immediately. Sh- <laughs> yeah, immediately. Like, I, that was just so fucking satisfying to me where it's just like, yeah, this father is just like fucking up so much that he just like yeah. does not deserve to have this. Yeah. Like, no. And I like that rather than it being a blow up, it goes back to what I'm saying about the, the dad seeming tired. He's just like, oh, like no freak out. Just like, oh, you, you dropped, you broke it. He was shocked, mm-hmm. but like not upset. Yeah. And and to end it off, I I, I guess like the, the way that this movie ends is on a happy note where like we we jump further into the future where Zach is like in his 30s and or like mid 20s or something like that. Uh, and he's like driving around with his father with zach at the wheel and his father's like an old man and his dad is like finally shown the least amount of acceptance like the the narration says that like his dad no longer said anything whenever he brought his lovers over yeah it said it took him 10 years but he got there yeah i and it's only we see that scene like that scene is at the very end of the movie and that is there for like literally like that happy, like uplifting moment, that happy uh, uplifting resolution is there for like, not even like barely a whole minute. Yeah, that sucks. That that sucks. It, like, it come does. on, it, it does. This movie just really wants to be depressing and yeah. nothing else. And yeah, that, that didn't sit well with me. I was just it, like, by the time that that ended, right after that scene, I was just like, okay, I I, I understand now what this movie wanted to be. Um, I don't know. I think that scene sat okay with me because it. I just came back to. I would like to at least be at that point with my family in ten years. Oh, me but, too. But, me uh, too. But yeah. Other than just like, oh, things are okay now. It doesn't really dive yeah. deep into that. Than yeah, it for did, sure. Like everything else, I would have liked a, an epilogue. Uh, and maybe like cut down on kind of the repetitive. Yeah. Can can we get a little bit more happy in here? Just even yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I think. Like we'll we'll. I, I'm sorry. Like I'm dragging this on, and you're trying to wrap up. But like, oh uh, no, so I'm much trying... about this. Yeah, go ahead. I was trying to get to this review. Okay. That I yeah. wanted to read you. 
yeah, yeah. I was talking about before. I'm going to read you this review of this movie. Okay. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, written by Boyd Van Hoy. I don't know how to say his last name. Uh-huh. But, uh, this movie has a again. This movie apparently has a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yes, 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's the best movie ever made. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so if Brokeback Mountain was the bleak gay drama of 2005 that all audience could audiences could enjoy, then another. Whoa, two- whoa, whoa, whoa! Did Brokeback Mountain come out in 2005 too? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. The, uh, okay. Okay. So, if Brokeback Mountain was the bleak gay drama in 2005 that all audiences could enjoy. Then another 2005 feature, the equally heterosexually enjoyable crazy, puts the color back in the adjective gay. It puts oh the God. color back into the adjective gay. God bless this person. <laughs> what does that fucking mean? I I don't know, but. Wait, wait, read a little bit before that again. I'll just read the whole thing again. If Brokeback okay. Mountain was the bleak gay drama of 2005 that all audiences could enjoy, then another 2005 feature, the equally heterosexually enjoyable Crazy, puts the color back into the adjective gay. Heterosexually enjoyable. That's the part that's sexually enjoyable. That's the part that stood out and, to me the most. I think. And I really like this movie. It's very heterosexually enjoyable. I can't tell. Like when you said that the first time, I couldn't tell if like this person was like ribbing the movie for being the straight man's gay movie. No, it seems like he's like, no, this is the happy gay movie. Okay. It puts the color back into gay after the color is sucked out by Brokeback Mountain. That's why how I take it. I'll have to read the full review. But oh no, that's just the that's just the first line. That's, that's just like, like the byline. That's just like a cho- a choice quote. I think. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh boy. Do you want? I I don't know whether or not we should make this episode extra long so you can read it because I want to hear what this person says. Let me see how long this is. Okay, if it's even still on the internet. Oh, it is. Yeah. Oh, it is. How long is it? Uh, like a page. Okay. Like, like it's like seven paragraphs or so. Do you want to read it? Oh, this is the first line. Okay. Okay. So. So heterosexually enjoyable. Oh, wait. No, it's not the first time. Okay. If Brokeback Mountain was the bleak gay drama 2005 that even heterosexual audiences could enjoy, if that is the right word for sitting through 130 minutes of sheep, heartbreak, and homophobia, then another 2005 Venice Film Festival feature, the equally heterosexually enjoyable crazy puts the color back in the adjective gay. Directed by Mark... John Mark Vallee... Crazy is the most successful film to have come out of Quebec since Denis, uh, Denis Arcand's Les Invasions Barbares, The Barbarian Invasion. Wow. And it's easy to see why, spanning over 20 years, the dense saga tells a colorful story about growing up in a large Quebec family. This Maybe he's got an okay point in here somewhere. Maybe it's just too truncated. Let's see. Yeah, that... that uh... <laughs> that first line is, is what got to me. Heterosexually enjoyable. Heterosexually enjoyable. I don't know if this is going to be good comedy. It seems like maybe yeah. it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. I, I, I guess 
the best thing to take from this movie would be that it's heterosexually enjoyable. Yeah. So if you're a straight person, you can enjoy this movie too. Yeah. You enjoy like, the again, I can't tell. I, I can't tell if this person's being sincere or making um, a rip. At it life. seems like they're being sincere. That's why I'm not going to oh, keep boy. reading it because it. Do- I haven't read all of it. It seems like they're being sincere, but that's a hell of a quote. Yeah, Heter- that's a hell yeah. of a quote. I wonder. I hope this podcast is heterosexually enjoyable. <laughs> okay, we should probably wrap up. Yes. I was gonna say something uh, that I was like really excited to say, but I forgot what it was. Uh, okay. Fuck. All I right. had to hear the words heterosexually enjoyable, and now it's just all gone. <laughs> it's all gone. It's just wiped. Uh, oh, um, back to that poster that I, I talked about at the beginning. Uh, I found I, I I just like Google searched crazy 2005. And yeah, there's that poster with like the, the weirdly communist um, color scheme going on. And we see like the five brothers and they're standing with their arms crossed. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, uh, Zach is in, in the middle. Well, I, I see why. I see why now. It's because his, his older brother is the middle brother. And Zack is the... But it's not about them as brothers. It's just about Zack. Why would you frame it like that? Oh, fucking no. Because uh, they have but... to stand over the letters. Yeah, they have to stand over the letters. I understand that. But I, I see another really good poster. It's drawn. It's So, uh, Zack has, like, rainbow hair, and he's smoking a cigarette, and he has aviators on. Uh-huh. And in the reflection of the aviators is his father. Ah, oh, that that seems that's, like a better really poster. Because yeah, this, I, I like that concept of a poster a lot. This theatrical poster just looks like a weird Brady Bunch. So it does. It look, it does. The gay Brady Bunch. It looks like a communist Brady Bunch, which, like I said, I would be down for. But okay, <laughs> we have talked about everything. I think this episode, so we should probably. I think we have. Pretty wrap it up. Wait, wait, I have another thing that I I remembered what I was going to say earlier. Okay. What's the most forgettable moment about this movie for you? The most forgettable? Yeah. Uh, It took me a while to remember that, um, like, I I just thought of, just like, oh, yeah, there is that part in the movie where Zack, like, gets hit by a car. I totally forgot about that, too. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. Like... That's, That's not even pivotal... in the Wikipedia summary that I looked at before we recorded this. That seems like it would be such a pivotal moment, because Zach says, like, that was the second time I died, because he, like, died as an infant, too. Yeah. He gets hit by a fucking car. Like, how how can I not... How, how did it take me a while to remember that? Like, there's just so much that happens in this movie that something as pivotal I'm... as that just flies out of my attention span. I'm honestly shook because I completely forgot that happened at all. Yeah. You're right. We That was a good thing to bring up. That did happen, and it did nothing for the plot. Yeah. It seems like it would uh, be pivotal, though, right? It's wild. It's not even important enough to be in the plot summary on Wikipedia. Yeah. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah, well. it is. It's here. I found it. <laughs> okay. Alright. Zach runs we, a red line on his motorcycle only to be struck by a car and hospitalized. But that's it. That's just one sentence. Uh okay, let's let's wrap it up there. We we've gone on uh, quite the rant for this movie. <laughs> we have, but I think it was fun. Alright, so uh next week we're doing the handmaiden. That's what our talk of the handmaiden was about because we were ta- we watched the handmaiden with this too. Uh and 
Alita, do you want to say a little thing about The Handmaiden? Because it's your favorite movie. It is an art house lesbian film. And it's beautiful. And I love it's it. It's fucking gorgeous. It's set design like no other. You should fucking watch The Handmaiden. Because it's the best movie that came out this year. Uh, Amazing. Well, it, came out this, it came out this year in the US. In to America. Be specific. Listen. Yeah. People who listen to this speak English and are probably in America, but maybe not. Uh, so yeah, we're we're going to watch The Handmaiden. Uh, also, there's a lot of movies called The Handmaiden. It's the 2016 one, the 2017 the, the... one, because it's technically the best movie of the year. Okay, but on IMDb <laughs> it says it came out in 2016. Alita, we could get into technical terms all we want, You're but right. it's a part. It's a Park Chan Wook uh, Korean film, and it's good. And we're going to talk about it. And we're going to love it because this is a movie that we, we both love. So it's got, probably going to be a really positive episode. So uh, come back next week for that. Alita, where can people find you on Twitter? You can find me at It's Alita. And I am at Maradad. And you can follow the podcast at Film Femmes Pod. And you can leave us a review on iTunes. And our theme music is by the lovely and talented Mel Stone. The song is, uh, fuck, passing. Uh, <laughs> Of the EP Coney. Uh, of the EP Coney, which you can find at melstone.pancamp.com. Sorry, I haven't done this in a while. All right, we're wrapping up. <laughs> let's maybe slow it down a bit. Let the current flow through and over you. Pulling us into that deep, deep blue.